I'm continuing the season preview and predictions for every single Big Ten team. So don't worry if you're not a Michigan fan. I still have your team covered. I've done probably four or five at this point. So we're going to get into that today for Michigan. Make sure you subscribe to the network on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98, the show on Twitter at Big Ten Takeover. And if you prefer to listen to this rather than view it on YouTube, if you look in the description of the video, you can go to our podcast version of this through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whichever one you prefer. So for Michigan, when we look in 2022 for them, they once again dominated the Big Ten. They finished 13-0 in the regular season, 12-0 in the regular season, 13-0 with the conference championship. They beat up on both their rivals. They won the Big Ten championship game with ease. Uh, unfortunately for them, once again, they, they fortunately they reached the college football playoff. Um, as the Big Ten champion. But unfortunately for them, they fell short once again to TCU in a game where it just didn't feel like Michigan should have lost that game going in. You know, with the talent they had, the, what happened to TCU against Georgia, it just didn't feel right the way the season finished for Michigan. And so the Wolverines now have their eyes set in 2023 on finishing that job and and taking the next step of actually winning the national championship and and. and chasing that dream, chasing that goal. So let's get into it. So when you look at some of the returning production on offense, obviously some of these names are, are, are obvious, but I want to run through these real quick. J.J. McCarthy took the reins as the full-time starter at quarterback last season. Over Cade McNamara, finished season 65% percent rate, 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, only five picks. So he's efficient. Uh, he was probably the best quarterback Michigan's had since, you know, you say since Denard Robinson, right? You, you, you got – some actual production at quarterback that didn't hinder you this last season and looks to be the same going to next year. Not going to be a world beater. Um, had some big flashes like that against Ohio State, but I think that was a lot of Ohio State's game mismanagement. Not, not, not to say McCarthy's a bad quarterback, but he's not going to be the superstar quarterback in my opinion, but he's going to put Michigan in, in, in spots to win the games and make some big-time throws when needed. In the backfield, obviously, is, is where the big-time names are. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards return. They're the best running back duo in college football. Blake Corum, in my opinion, is the best running back in college football, and Donovan Edwards would start for majority of teams in college football. So they're clearly the best running back duo in all of college football. I think the top three running back duos in college football in the Big Ten, it's Michigan, then it's Penn State with Singleton and Catron Allen, that's Ohio State with Trayvon Henderson and Mayan Williams. So running back is stacked in the Big Ten, but back to Michigan. Corm obviously returns as the best running back I can mention. Expect him to be a Heisman candidate this year. He should have been in New York as a finalist last season. It was it's, it's a joke that he wasn't. Uh, the numbers he put up, even with, you know, through only basically 10 and a half games um, that he was able to play last season. And then Donovan Edwards with his uh, unique ability, with his electric speed, with his, you know, pass catching ability and coming into the season fully healthy. That duo is going to run this offense, literally speaking, run this offense, and it's going to be the star of the show. But Coram mainly, but Donovan Edwards as well, that duo is special. Weapons for McCarthy and for the rest of the offense, Michigan's not a, a team that has a bunch of studs at, at wide receiver um, or, or pass catchers necessarily, but they have some good talent there. Colston Levin is a guy that can develop into a star. He was kind of a budding star last year, and he's a guy I think is going to become – this season, maybe the season afterwards, one of the nation's best tight ends. So that is, in my opinion, the big-time weapon on the outside uh, for Michigan. Cornelius Johnson is the other main weapon at wide receiver, but they've got others as well. Roman Wilson, Tyler Morris, A.J. Henning also look to have bigger roles. 
up front on offensive line where Michigan has had their success stem from the past couple of years, at least on offense, but in my opinion, the team overall. Uh, the O-line should be one of the nation's best again this year. There's no doubt about it. There's some competition at tackle, which I think is something to monitor, um, something to talk about when I discuss their season, their their preview and, and prediction for their their uh, their record in the schedule this season. Um, but their interior three are set. Zach Sinter returns as one of the best guards in the country, and they got a, a transfer from Stanford who's going to start at center. So overall, I expect this offense to be similar to last year's in terms of success and in terms of style. Uh, ground and pound running game with an elite running back duo and a top end offensive line um, that I think maybe the offensive line isn't as good as last year. Still really, really good. Great offensive line, probably the best in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country. But some questions at tackle, uh, you know, and you just lose some players. Um, I, I think they're still going to be elite and Corm and Edwards are going to make up for any minor inconsistencies you see with them uh, on defense. They have some studs across their defense, and I expect Michigan defense to, again, be one of the best in the conference. I think Iowa tends to lean towards the best in the conference. Penn State has a lot of talent, too, but Michigan is not devoid of any of that. Defensive line specifically is where I love them. Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant is a nasty group up front on defensive line for opposing teams to try and run the ball against. And you'll see when I go through the predictions, a lot of this I, I'm, I'm basing on Michigan's record on – what are the teams in the Big Ten that are going to threaten them? Penn State and Ohio State really are the ones that are going to threaten them. So how do they match up in some of these strength versus weaknesses? Well, Ohio State, for one, will struggle with the offensive line they have now, could struggle against that Michigan interior uh, defensive line. Once again, those three guys are nasty. At linebacker, Junior Colson returns as a leader of that linebacker core. Uh, Ernest Hausman showed out in the spring as well, transferred from Nebraska. So that linebacker core seems set. And then at DB, Two guys that I really love, Rod Moore at safety, who I expect to take another take another guy to take a big jump this year, and then Will Johnson, who was the true freshman last year, who I believe enters the nation as one of the as one, enters twenty twenty three as one of the nation's best corners. So they've got studs all on defense. The defensive line is what I really love uh, about their unit. Um, I think they're going to be a really really good unit again this year. When we look at their schedule and I predict their schedule. This is all subjective, obviously. Let me know in the comments if you agree, what you think. Um, I have no worry that Michigan is going to fall off a cliff or anything like that. This is more of projecting where I think some of the other teams uh, that could compete against them are going to go trajectory-wise next season. And some of the other teams that um, – well, it's really two teams. Let's just get into it. Uh, there's no need to – to, to beat around the bush. So I have Michigan finishing 10 and two this season. Let me explain to you why I think their first four games uh, are pretty. Um, I don't want to disrespect the teams, but the first four games are a joke. Uh, East Carolina, Eastern Carolina is, you know, not going to be anything crazy. UNLV run through them. Bowling green, they'll beat up on the Mac team. Rutgers is going to, you know, they're going to be better than last year, but Michigan's not going to have a problem covering whatever that spread is. At Nebraska is where I think things could get a little interesting. Um, Nebraska is a team with a ton of incoming talent in a new program, new direction under new head coach Matt Rule. I still think it's too early for Nebraska to beat Michigan, even if Nebraska through four or five games is rolling. If Jeff Sims is, is doing crazy things, if Eric Gilbert is back to form, if you know 
Thomas Fedoni at tight end as well as rolling. If other guys are, are, you know, stepping up Malachi Coleman, the true freshman goes through. I still think it's too early, even if they are showing out for them to beat Michigan. I think Michigan wins that game somewhat comfortably at Minnesota. I, I think the same thing, you know, Minnesota's got some pieces they're going to be missing, but they're still going to be a solid bowl eligible team. I don't see Michigan even at Minnesota struggling to win, win that game. Indiana, they'll blow through at Michigan state. Uh, Michigan State's in trouble, folks. I said it last year um, that they would struggle and have a bit of a disappointment compared to 2021. Michigan State fans didn't want to listen to me, um, but look what happened, and I think they're going to be in potentially a worse off spot this season than last. Purdue, I, I, I don't dis, I don't discount what Hudson Card brings Purdue, but I think they're going to be different look team without some guys like Charlie Jones, Aiden O'Connell, uh, Jalen Graham on defense. I think Purdue – uh, probably still makes a bowl game this season, but Michigan doesn't have much struggle putting them away. So Michigan, in my opinion, has a fairly easy schedule all the way through uh, the first their first eight games, and excuse me, the first nine games. And I look at their last three and go, man, that's a tough slate. At Penn State is a tough place to play, even if Penn State is bad. Um, I don't remember if they made this a whiteout game. If they didn't, shame on Penn State. They don't do a great job scheduling when those whiteout games happen. There's a great chance that this is the uh, college game day game of the weekend, the big noon kickoff, whatever, however they want to do it. I see no reason, unless there's a game I'm missing out on that week, that this isn't going to be a, a game of two undefeated, two top 10, top eight teams meeting each other. And Penn State, folks, has a ton of talent on defense. They've got a stacked they're, they're stacked at every position um, on their team, at, at DB, at linebacker, at defensive line, and then on offense as well. Their offensive line returns, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in the country, Olu Fashanu, who will be a top three pick, uh, left tackle next year's draft. Drew Aller is the main star in this show, the former five-star quarterback, the gunslinger. I think he does progress fairly quickly um, and has – a very, very, very good sophomore year, to say the least. And I think it propels Penn State not only to beating Michigan, but to making the playoffs in some regard, whether it's the Big Ten champion or as that 11-1 Big Ten East runner-up. I think they beat Maryland, even though it's at Maryland. I love Talia Tagovailoa. I think Maryland will be around 8-4 and four this year, a good Big Ten team that potentially finished the season ranked. And then the big one, the game, the game that could determine – based off of what else happens, you know, if Michigan beats Penn State or if they don't, uh, the game that determines who from the Big Ten goes to the college ball playoff, who from the Big Ten obviously represents in the Big Ten championship. A lot of high stakes here. I, I, I just don't see Ohio State losing three years in a row. And I said that last year. I said I don't see Ohio State losing two years in a row to Michigan. But I, I, I think I look at this Michigan-Ohio State game in a more nuanced look, I look at it in terms of matchups. I say, okay, how does Ohio State's receiver stack up against Michigan's secondary? And yes, Ohio State had more offensive pieces last year with Stroud with members on the offensive line, basically the exact same returning receiver core. Um, and they didn't, you know, be spec they weren't spectacular against Michigan. I think what you saw from Ohio State against Georgia in terms of how they played that game on offense and their scheme and their in their way they attack that Georgia defense is going to be more relevant to 2023. I think they're going to play to their strengths more. And Ohio State's offensive line and run game, while they have a great running back duo, Henderson, Maya Williams, and depth behind them, Chip Trainum, uh, Dallin Hayden, others, 
that is going to make up for some of the offensive line's mistakes. Their offensive line might struggle a little bit. I mean, listen, they lost three NFL draft picks, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Luke Whitewear. Um, and yes, they returned Donovan Jackson, who's, who's probably going to be a first round pick one day. They returned Matt Jones, who's an experienced starter. They returned Josh Fryer, who played in some big time games and did well last season, but they struggled in the spring game, man. And whoever it is at quarterback, Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, I don't really have concerns for because Ryan Day is the quarterback whisper. We've seen it with Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, CJ Stroud. They've all turned out to be, they all turned out to be elite college ball quarterbacks. And when you already have guys that are five-star quarterbacks in the waiting, I have no issue with that, especially when you have Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buka, Kid Stover. And so I look at these matchups and I go, okay, I don't think Ohio State's really going to be able to run the ball in Michigan. That that defensive line I mentioned, Chris Jenkins, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, they're not going to be able to run the ball interior on them. Uh, maybe they can stretch it outside a little bit. It's not going to happen interior. So where does that have to open up? It has to open up a passing game. That's where Ohio State has the advantage of overall in terms of players and in terms of how they played last year against Georgia, which I project that they will have a more similar style to this. Not a pass-happy team, but understanding their weaknesses and their opponent's strengths. You know, Michigan still has a strength on, you know, at DB, but not as strong, in my opinion, at defensive line. When you flip it and go defense, Michigan's offense versus Ohio State's defense, Ohio State's defense returns all their production. And, yes, they struggled with the big play um, – you know, big play giving up against Michigan last year. Jim Knowles and that defense did. But uh, they got significantly better last year outside of, uh, of that game and the Georgia game. And I think the next step for that defense with all that returning talent is to put it all together and become one of the nation's top defenses like they have the talent to do so. And I mentioned earlier Michigan's offensive line. Again, it's a nuanced thing, but when you're talking about a rivalry and the game between two of the top teams in the country, you look at some of the more nuanced things. Michigan's offensive line is, is set in the interior. They're going to have probably the three best interior trio offensive linemen in the country. Tackles are where there's still a bit of a battle, right, where you might see, you know, a bit of a drop off a tackle, nothing crazy. I think the that is going to be a thing to watch in that game is that tackle battle of Michigan versus Ohio State's edge rushers because they're going to have JT Tuomaila, Jack Sawyer, Kenyatta Jackson, um, two of those guys, Sawyer and JT Tuomaiola, are, are guys that are probably going to be first-round picks after this season that are looking, especially JT Tuomaiola, to being that, you know, 11-and-a-half, 12-sack, you know, guy for Ohio State at edge, uh, Jack Sawyer as well. Uh, but that's where I think those, some of the more nuance can come in. That's not the only reason, obviously. I think even though it's at Michigan, which is very tough, I just don't see Ohio State losing a third year in a row. I see the way they changed their offensive style from last year. I see the playmakers they have returning. They have the best wide receiver. Uh, they have the best wide receiver, the best wide receiver duo, and the best wide receiver core in the entire nation. They have the best offensive players and skill sets in the entire nation, folks. There's no question about that. And so I think whoever it is a quarterback, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, doesn't really miss much of a beat from where C.J. Stroud left off, partially because of their talent, partially because of the talent around them. And I think Ohio State takes the win – uh, in Ann Arbor against Michigan and Michigan finishes 10 and two in my full predictions. I have Ohio state and Penn state uh, going to the playoffs, Penn state kind of sneaking in there um, depending on what happens in the PAC 12, that could throw some things off with Penn state going to the Rose bowl or, or, or doing whatever. Um, but I expect Michigan to be in a, in a New York six bowl and not drop off just because they don't win the big 10 or, or, or go to the playoffs game this year. Doesn't mean they've fallen off cliff and Michigan's back to what they've been for this, 
you know, the past decade or so. I just think that the teams around them, Penn State is going to go way up a trajectory. And I think Ohio State is going to kind of piece things together and figure out a way to beat the Wolverines this year. Let me know in the comments what you think um, about this prediction. Give me your final record prediction for Michigan. Do they beat Ohio State for a 30 in a row? Again, Ann Arbor is not an easy place to play. And Ohio State's, listen, there's blood in the water right now in the rivalry. There was before the 2021 game, there was going into the last season's game, and there's certainly a lot of blood in the water for 2023. So let me know what you think in the comments. Again, follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98. Follow the show at Big Ten Takeover. Prefer to listen to this via audio, via podcast. Click the link, links in the description to take you to Spotify or Apple Podcasts for this. Um, but for the network and for the show, I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.